Welcome to another episode of Suit and Sound, a podcast by the Postgraduate Law Society at King's College London. I'm Ujwal Sharma, your host, and today we're talking to Sandro. Sandro is a member of a social democratic party in Switzerland. He completed his undergrad in law and is currently doing an LLM from King's College London. Today, we will be talking about a career in law and politics in Switzerland. So whether you're a law student, a professional, or just curious, stay tuned and let's get started. So Sandro started his political career back in 2019 in Switzerland. Because he was an active member of the party, he was later asked to join the board of his party uh, at the municipality level. He's currently pursuing a general master's of law at King's College London. Apart from that, when he's not working, he really enjoys acting, reading and traveling. Let me welcome you to the show, Sandro. Thank you very much for having me. Hello there. So thank you for taking our time to do this episode with us, Sandro. Let me start by asking you our first question. That is, how does one become a member of a political party in Switzerland? Well, in Switzerland, it's really very easy to, to become uh, a member because the opportunity structure is just very, uh, it's just very inclusive. Uh, we vote four times a year in Switzerland on on issues. As soon as you see an issue which is very close to you, it will be very easy to get active. Uh, with a political party or even just with some advocacy groups because for every vote there will be committees forming. So I think I just got engaged when we were voting on some, I think it was some climate issue actually. So I, there was some committee forming on, on the climate issue, climate change issue and then it's very easy to get in contact with people and they will welcome you very warmly because it's not easy to find people. I mean, this is not paid work, it's volunteering. That sounds very interesting and it makes me think. So considering that you were a law student back then, do you think, and, and if it did, how is your political work and your legal work overlapping in Switzerland? Yes, it's to be a person with a law education on one side and on the other hand being politically active because you will find yourself in the dilemma that you, while you're working, you will want to give room to your political views because that's just part of your personality. And on the other hand, you, when you're politically active, you will still want to be professional about it from your professional background. Uh, so you're basically on both sides of the legislative process. You are politically active, trying to uh, get the legislator to pass legislation in your sense. But you will, you're also on the other side, being a lawyer, trying to deal with legislation which has been passed through a democratic process by the legislator. And that's not always easy. Especially in a uh, federal state uh, like Switzerland, um, there are several levels of legislation passed. And especially if we, so the, the, the law which is on lower levels, like on a municipality, for example, it is very much influenced by what is happening on the federal law, federal level of, uh, of legislation. So I would often find myself uh, being the party pooper. <laughs> Because many people on the municipality level, they would discuss doing stuff on a municipal level. And then 
usually I will be the one saying, hey, listen, we can't do that because it's not legally, it's not possible because federal law prohibits it or whatever. And that's not always easy because uh, it doesn't make you particularly popular. But it's still yeah. important that if you have legal knowledge that you will bring it into the democratic process. Yeah, I think that is particularly true with uh, us law students or lawyers in general. Whenever we're part of some project and if it's a volunteering project and if we see that uh, something in our work that is overlapping with the law, I think uh, it's our job as lawyers and people who, who have read law to point that out. Because Absolutely, uh, Absolutely. it would be like... Even though it's not always easy and it's it's not, it, it even sometimes goes against your personal views in that certain issue, you would still feel as if you're like committing treason on your discipline if you don't raise your professional, professional reservations yeah. about a certain topic. But yeah, that's, it doesn't, doesn't always make it easy. On the other hand, when I had to write legal essays, something like that, so doing professional work, so to say, you also have to try, I guess you have to find a good balance between letting your political views be known, maybe, or yeah. to, to give them a platform in your essay, because your essay is still a product of your own mind, yeah. which is why I think those views, they are allowed or they should have a place but they still should be sound you know they still should be in accordance with text or with doctrine you know they should not yeah. be taken from the stars just because they're good absolutely absolutely interesting the choice of word that we've taken to describe this feeling it, it feels like a treason against our profession yeah i really find it interesting uh, uh moving on to our next question sandro Yes. I think I, I read it somewhere that there is a requirement for judges in Switzerland to be a member of a political party. Is that statement entirely correct? Or And if it is, and if it's not, what are your views on it? Yes, I would say it's very accurate, even though I have to say it's not a formal requirement, usually. Um, so you won't find any uh, any particular law uh, prescribing that, that you have to be a member of part of a party to be elected a judge, but it's just the factual situation that you don't stand a chance if you if you're not a member of the party, and that is because uh, judges on all levels in Switzerland they are elected by uh, parliaments, yeah. and the parliaments this is just it's it's a political consensus in all of Switzerland through basically all of the major parties that courts should represent. Uh, the proportionality as it is refle reflected from the electoral results reflected in the respective parliament. The judges' seats, they should be allocated according to uh, party seats, which are also in the parliament. My own views about it, um, somewhat mixed, I'd say, because obviously it's very easy to attack that kind of system and we get criticized a lot for it by uh, international organizations. And I guess you could do it without because we can see many countries with good and sound uh, justice systems which do not have the systems, the system. However, it's also not entirely bad because it provides for a certain level of transparency and it provides for a certain balance, a certain equilibrium within the justice systems and within the courts, which are actually meant to implement uh, legislation passed by the parliament which are also allocated according to a certain proportionality. So I think it's not entirely bad. Often you would find that it's actually not 
that big of a deal because unlike systems like the US, our parliaments, they are very functional. They work on a big degree of consensus, which is why the role of the courts is already somewhat limited. So in, in, in political theory and in constitutional law, you know that uh, the stronger a legislature is, the weaker usually the court will be and the other way around. If a, if a legislature is very weak and is not able to produce legislation or is not able to produce updates to, to legislations that usually enhance the roles of the courts because they will have to step in. And because up until now, at least, they are considerably functional, uh, that leaves a somewhat limited role to the courts, which is why the party, the party roles, they are not that important. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, that is quite an interesting answer, Sandra. And now that you did mention uh, about US, it, it makes me think that in the light of the explanation that you have provided us with, would it be correct to say that the Switzerland model of electing judges is quite similar to the to, to the US model then? Yeah, no, I really wouldn't say that it's, it's very similar because in the US you will just have I mean, it's usually on, on the federal level, it's usually the Senate who appoints judges. And if we just focus on the federal level, you will just see the majority party, whichever that is, respectively. They will basically just appoint their judges for as many vacancies as they get within a certain period of time, I guess, between two elections, which can skew the result or the proportionality in uh, which is reflected in the parliament because you don't know within a certain period of time you don't know how many vacancies you will get so judges they retire they die they just resign out of personal reasons and in switzerland it's quite different because there is this proportionality i mentioned so you will have elections every four years yeah. And from that point onwards, the parties, they will have a certain formula and they are going to allocate the yeah. judgeships according to that formula. And this formula is for the next electoral period, it's set in stone. So if within that period of time, a judge retires, it's clear from the very beginning which party is going to get the seat. Again, this party is then called upon to nominate a candidate in parliament. And then parliament can still decide if they think that person is fit for office or not. So they can say no. Yeah. But it then, in turn, it will still be the same party which will be called upon to nominate a candidate. And the other parties, they will actually respect that. Mm -hmm. Which is also, of course, a factor which can change at some point with... Uh, with polarization uh, increasing in many countries as we see it today. Yeah. But up until now, it's a system that just worked out for us. And I hope it's going to continue to work yeah. out, but we can never know. Yeah. Would you also say that US being a two-party system and Switzerland being a multi-party system, that possibly could be one of the factors that does affect and that does differentiate between the Switzerland model and the US model. Now. Yes, I mean it's it's maybe not it's maybe not the decisive yeah. factor, but it just but it just has an influence. It just has an influence on how parties are interacting with each other. Yeah. In general. Because 
in the USA, it's it's just it just works like that. That if you have a majority in both houses of parliament, and ideally you also have the White House, then you can do whatever you like. You'll just in the next two years you're going to pass whatever you want to pass, and you use that period of time. However, in Switzerland, where you are all, in multi-party system in general, in multi-party systems in general, you will just you will never be in a position of absolute majority. So you will always, in any case, will have to talk to other political competitors, and that's just influences a system in so far that you will have to maintain working relationships with other parties. Yeah, that does make sense to me. So that wraps up this episode of Suit and Sound. Thank you so much for your time today, Sandro. We, we're truly grateful for all the information that you've given us today. And for all you listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's discussion. If you have any further questions or would like to share your thoughts, don't hesitate to reach out to us on our Instagram. Remember, the legal journey is a continuous one, and we're here to support you in every step of the way. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay updated, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you.